If you feel comfortable, I ask that you now close your eyes. Take a moment, just let your thoughts, your distractions kind of melt away. And I ask you to focus on the darkness that you are experiencing. The darkness of not seeing that blindness, to really wrap yourself in that darkness. Now imagine that you are in a very dark place in the depths of the earth. And now imagine a group of people gathered in this place deep in the earth, in a cave shrouded in shadow. The inhabitants of this cave are rooted in the cave, held captive there by the darkness that surrounds them. They all face the same direction, looking together at a cave wall lit dimly by a faint light source behind them. On the wall are cast moving shadows, figures that dance and flicker. These are believed to be what is true, what is real to the people of this cave. But eventually, one of the men sitting amid the crowd decides to turn away from the shadow, to look back at the light source. The man sees that behind him are puppets used to cast the shadows in front of a large candle. Realizing what he had thought to be real and true was nothing more than false projections on a wall, the man gets up and moves past the candle and the puppets. He notices an opening that leads out of the large cavern and upward towards the promise of fresh air. The man begins to ascend through the tunnel, realizing that he breathes easier as he ascended away from the deep cavern where he had known only shadows and darkness. Suddenly, the man emerges from a hole in the earth and into a meadow of light and life. He sees the true light of the sun for the first time, clouds, plants, birds, and water. He is overcome by the light and the truth of the real world. His senses are awakened, and he is overjoyed. After seeing this, The man re-enters the hole in the ground and clambers down the tunnel and into the cavern. There he stands before his fellows and bears witness to the light and the truth he had witnessed. However, the people are accustomed to the shadows and the darkness, and they are disturbed and enraged by the man's words. The men and women take to their rage and attack and kill the man, desiring to instead live in darkness and deceit rather than pursue the light of truth. Now open your eyes. Seems kind of dark. Um, I'm wearing pink today, sorry, rose, um, which is in the church a symbol of joy, which I'll get to. There is joy in this. What you just heard was uh, an old allegory called the allegory of the cave that was taught by a Greek philosopher named Plato. Plato, not Plato. However, uh, as dark as it may seem, and how, how far back it may be connected, before the time of Christ, um, way back in ancient Greece, with uh, the beginning of this Greek thought of philosophy, um, it still serves as, as an appropriate allegory for a profound theme of the Paschal mystery, this mystery of Easter, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This theme is that of darkness and light. For man's 
from man's own pride and his fall from God's grace, there entered into the world a darkness and sin. Over the years, mankind became accustomed to the darkness, used to it. Though there was hope in the promise of the Father amidst his chosen people, the Israelites. This was the promise of light, for only light could combat the darkness of the world. This light would finally come as the Son of the Father, Jesus Christ, sent not to condemn the world of darkness, but to set it ablaze with the light of his truth and the love of the Father. However, even as he was sent to reveal the truth of the Father's love, Jesus was treated as stranger, as enemy, and as a threat to the way of shadows that man had grown accustomed. For his message of of mercy, forgiveness, and love, Jesus was crucified, put to death. However, even this act of malice could not dim the light of Christ, and in fact became the paradoxical instrument for our salvation. That through the Son's death on a tree and resurrection from an earthen tomb, we have been given the light of salvation in our darkness. It is through this light, through the Son of God, that mankind was offered their salvation. It is this interplay between the darkness of the world and the light of salvation that Christ speaks of today. That same light of truth expressed in Plato's allegory of the cave. Considering this, and as we near the celebration of the Paschal Mystery of Holy Week, it would be wise for us to reflect on the nature of darkness in our world and how we are beckoned to the light of Christ. As we hear from our Lord in the Gospel, those who perform wicked deeds and seek to live according to evil ways are fearful of the light. Just like the inhabitants of the cave, we can become accustomed to the ways of the world, the ways of darkness and of sin. The only way for us to cast off the ways of shadows is to cleanse ourselves in the light of truth. This may be hard since truth demands that we give up ways of sin, ways that we have come to rely on, inhabit, or desire. As such, we are called to confront our own weaknesses, our own brokenness, and our need for Christ. Only by casting off the ways of sin and shadow can we truly embrace the light of our salvation. In light of this Paschal theme of light and shadow, I believe it may be helpful for us to pray with the darkness in our own lives and the desire to grow in the light of truth. To do this, it is helpful to first pour our efforts into our relationship with our Lord. In doing so, we root our peace and identity in the light of Christ as we call ourselves Christians. This can be painful in and of itself, even as we desire to know Jesus more, even as we desire to know the Father more, There's a certain death to self. This realization, first and foremost, that I am weak, I am fallen, I'm not perfect. I need the help of the Lord. I need this light. That a lot of things that I have taken to be true, a lot of things about myself, about people around me, about God, about life itself, may be false, may be tinged with that darkness of the world. But as a result of this relationship that we bear uh, fruit in, that, that we bear fruit of acts of charity and bearing witness to the light and truth in our own lives, in our daily lives, at home, at work, and at school, and especially in the darkest places and moments in our light and lives, in our lives. Uh, I think this is especially prudent for us um, 
in the cases where sometimes we can really rely on our own action in faith. We can really rely a lot on what we do. And St. Paul preaches against this in the second reading today, saying that we don't act um, and we don't do good because it earns our salvation, but because we desire it to cooperate with God's will, to align ourselves with the will of God in Christ's life. In doing so, we don't boast of our own goodness. We don't even boast of our own uh, perfections or our own uh, successes, but we boast of our weakness. We boast of the fact that we need the light of Christ, that in our weakness and in our observance of our weakness, we are actually strengthened in our Lord. Because of the nature of darkness in our world, we will run up against opposition to the light we bear in our hearts, our words, and our actions. We will be rejected, persecuted, and mocked. Yet we follow in the footsteps of the Master, the way of the cross, the path of love and suffering. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters, take courage. Take courage even in the midst of a dark world. Take courage even in the struggle of temptation and sin. Take courage even in our own imperfections. For we bear the light of Christ and the knowledge that we are beloved. So as we contemplate this darkness and the light of Christ, and as we celebrate even now in the midst of Lent with this this rose, this symbol of joy, let us also rejoice in the fact that we are beloved. Rejoice in the fact that there is this light, that there's this paradoxical light, the love of Christ, the love of our Lord on the cross, even in the midst of suffering, that we can rejoice in knowing that we are saved. Rejoice in knowing that we bear the truth of Christ in our lives. Amen.